Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SENQ. But you know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brekkie with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. I do want to talk rugby union and the World Cup. The Wallabies, well, it's a bit like Damien Fleming and uh, and Dumb and Dumber. There's still a chance. That's right. They are still a chance after beating Portugal. But now Portugal need to do us a favour and they need to beat Fiji by eight points and make sure there is no bonus point there. But bigger picture stuff, isn't there? Australian rugby, we, we're scratching our heads. We're wondering what's happened. You know my views on it about the private schools, uh, GPS and uh, uh, the uh, AIC, they are now a nursery for rugby league. Someone who's been through it, not only from an Australian point of view with the Wallabies, Wallabies but was also part of that GPS system, is on the line now all the way from Japan. Um, he's played in three World Cups for Australia, uh, 100-plus tests. He's one of our most successful halfbacks of all time. Will Gettier, great to talk to you again, mate. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. I appreciate it. All right, where do we start? Uh, let's talk France. Um, tipping it would have been hard watching for you over the last three weeks. Yeah, mate. It, obviously, incredibly disappointing. You know, I mean, I really feel for the boys more than more than anyone else. You know, a lot of people, a lot of criticism, and you know, rightfully so. But you can see how much they're hurting. You know, how much they've put into wanting to be successful at the World Cup, and you know, for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's a number of them, they just haven't been able to to have that success and. Um, yeah, I'm just as, as a proud Wallaby. You know, I, I, I love the team. I love, um, I love, I love my country. So to see that the way things are, it's, it's it definitely hurts and it's pretty disappointing. Well, I guess that's one thing that we've we've kind of lost in discussions because we we're, we're we're passionate. We want the Wallabies to be successful. They're not, and it's very easy to throw stones and cast aspersions. But what would players be going through? I mean, your 110 tests for Australia, not all of them were successful. So how much? the players hurt and how hard it, is it to pick yourself up after that? It hurts a lot. You know, I think people can see players after test matches and see that they're with their families or their friends and they're smiling, they're swapping jerseys. And, and the expectation is that they should be disappointed on the outside. But the thing is, regardless of what it looks like, they're hurting because they put in so much time, so much effort, so much energy and preparation to want to do well, to want to represent their country well, their families well. Uh, and it just hurts. And then you add the criticism around the fact that you know they're being spoken about as the worst Australian team at a World Cup. Now, they could be the first team to not make it through the quarterfinals. So there'll be a lot of pain there um, and, and a lot of disappointment, not felt just by the players, but by their families and their friends as well. And you know, the criticism obviously adds to that. And, and to be fair, the criticism is justified because of the fact that they haven't been performing. Um, but I think that, like I said, as, as a former world and someone who loves the team, you know, I, I can definitely empathise with them and and, uh, and and feel a little bit of their hurt. Can you harness that hurt? Can you harness the criticism, use it as, as motivation, or is that just a bridge too far? Well, I think they have to. 
you know, for the game to continue to fight, to to function successfully in the country, this this particular group of Wallabies, you know, Eddie spoke a lot about wanting to regenerate the squad, and so he moved on a lot of older players, a lot of experienced players to do so. So then I think the responsibility is on this young group to repay that faith, and they're going to have to use the disappointment as fuel to to hopefully have success in the future. Because again, a lot was spoken about regenerating the squad for the for the next four year cycle for the Lion series uh, in Australia in a couple of years and then the Home World Cup. Mm. So it is very much incumbent on this group of players to to not uh, to not fold under that pressure and under that expectation. Now it's for them to then take this take that pressure, walk towards it and and move into this next four-year cycle and use the disappointment as fuel. And I, I, I think that they will because there's a good core group of players there, a lot of young and experienced players there. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm an optimist in the sense that I hope that they will use it, um, use the trust and the faith that the coaches have shown in them to, to, to take their games to the next level individually and hopefully collectively as a Wallaby team. Will, I'm with you. I'm an optimist. I remember Johnny Wilkinson being part of a team that played at Suncorp Stadium. I'm, oh, I'm going to say 1997. I think it may have been a little bit later than that. Well, they got pumped 74 nil by Australia. But then we know what happened in 2003 with Johnny Wilkinson and Australia and World Cup finals. So it, it could be the making of Australian rugby, but things need to change, don't they? What's the biggest problem as you see it? Oh, look, I think there's there's a number of things. I mean, the things that off the top of my head that I can think of immediately is just um, there needs to be a little bit more investment, I think, at the grassroots level, uh, club rugby and rugby in schools. Um, and, and then the other thing as well is, you know, r- r- rugby league, for example, is such a great product and it's free to air. It's so accessible to everyone that everyone, you know, even as rugby players, we're so incredibly interested in the game because it's it's, it's easily accessible. It's there to see. Mm. Um and, and that drives participation, that drives interest in the game, uh, and it drives connection to the fan base. So I think, you know, like I, I think that there needs to be more investment at a club level and grassroots level to further develop talent at a younger age. And then the fact that if we can make the game a bit more accessible, it allows that younger talent coming through to want to stay engaged in the game. Because a lot of kids now coming through the programs like the GPS schools where traditionally it's been a nursery for rugby. Because rugby league is so accessible, they see it. They, they they want to be a part of it. And you combine the fact that rugby league teams have a bunch of money. Once they see talented young kids in in the GPS nursery system, you know, they they, they, they go and they take them because they can afford to offer them contracts when they're 15, 16-year-olds. 16 year Whereas rugby, because we don't have the money, we're relying on, you know, the love and the passion for the game. But it's hard to develop that love and passion if it's not easily accessible to everybody to see and to, to, to stay connected to the game in that sense. Uh, Will, I'd almost argue that rugby somehow does have the money or they find the money to to pay someone like a Joseph Suwali the best part of one and a half million plus a year. There's been talks this week about Angus Crichton uh, having a deal pulled on him to go to rugby. So two league players, two New South Wales uh, origin reps. And you'd have to think, it's almost like, it's almost like shutting the gate after the horse has bolted, isn't it? But when you put that money and try and invest into a, a young Joseph Suali who's at that school level to, to try and keep them in the system rather than let them flourish or develop in rugby league and then poach them afterwards. 100%. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I think stuff like that, decisions like that are essentially made to 
paper over the cracks and band-aid the situation, you know, the, the problems that we've got. I'd much rather see that. Like, Joseph's a great player, don't get me wrong. But I'd much rather see that money get put into, um, as you said, nurturing young talent that we've already got invested in the game in school or at club level and keeping them in the game so that we, you know, rather than paying for a, a rugby league player to come over and have a year or two to learn the game, we have guys coming through our systems that already understand the game. I'd also like to see that money put into coaching at younger levels as well. I think that's an area of focus that we need to be better at. I think we really struggle for quality coaches right throughout the system. Coaches that genuinely understand how to help develop skill and coach players to be able to make good decisions on the field. And again, it's got to start at the younger level where you understand the game at a, um, you understand the game well and you grow throughout the levels of the game. Whereas, as you said, if we're just buying players from rugby league, we're buying those players basically more so for their name and for their profile to, to paper over a lot of the cracks and problems that we've got in the game. Uh, Will, you, you, were a, you were a BBC boy, weren't you? Yep. Did you did you see that firsthand? Did you see players that you played with or, or blokes that you went to school with getting lured by rugby league more so than rugby union? Well, I, was, no, I, I didn't see it, no, because I, like we um, around that time, like when I was in school, we had like the, the academy for the Queensland Reds was quite strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, beneath the academy, we had a thing called the National Talent Squad. So there were... As a kid coming through, we had like you could see genuine pathways to wanting to get to professional rugby. So I was a 15, 16 year old kid as a part of the national talent squad, which was, you know, the best young kids in the country um, in each state brought together to train, you know, three, four times a week. And then you had the Queensland 16s and schoolboy system, the Australian schoolboy system, and then off the back of that, you went into the academies for the Super Rugby clubs if you were good enough. So there were genuine pathways there. With at the time, I thought was very good quality coaching. So as a young kid coming through who loved rugby, I could see a pathway towards wanting to get to where I want to get to. Whereas I think nowadays, where instead of putting the investment from a financial perspective into those sorts of pathways and strengthening those, mm. like I said, we're, we're, putting, we're, we're trying to fix a problem from the top down, which I don't think works. And it, it obviously hasn't worked if you look at the results of the Wallabies at the moment. We just had a text come through, Will, saying the GPS rugby system doesn't care about Australian rugby. It only cares about the nine-week competition. And you can understand that, can't you? Because a school is is looking to win a, a first 15 premiership. And, and that's what their prime motivation is. So is it about Rugby Australia getting into the nurseries and... And and maybe even allowing because we, uh, when we've discovered when we've discussed this before, um, I, I remember one caller saying that his son was banned by the school from playing club rugby on a Sunday he, during GPS season and 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 playing rugby for school. That was it. That's all they were allowed to play. The school almost put a ban on that. Yeah, so, you, think, so your club system is 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 faltering. Man, I think that's crazy. Like I remember as a kid. Um, I was at DBC. I'll be playing rugby on Saturday, Sunday. You'll be training every day, week, because you're training for school as well as club, and it was the most amazing thing ever. You yeah. get to do what you love more, and through doing that, you develop that passion and connection to the coach. And I think you're right. Like that, The fact that the GPS schools are not allowing their players to play club rugby, it's a symptom of the fact that everybody within the game in Australia is driving their own agendas. There's no connection. There's no, there's no oneness in wanting to grow the game. And I think you see that even... Um, with the with Rugby Australia and the Super Rugby teams, you know every, everyone seems to have their own agenda, and there's no um, there's no connectedness to wanting to drive the game in in a better direction. And I think people have been speaking about centralisation of the game through Rugby Australia having 
uh, control over the game as a whole in the country. I think that'd be the best thing because immediately that gets everyone on the same page as opposed to everyone saying, well, you can't do this, I'm going to do this, your, your kids can't play on a Sunday. Like uh, that, that to me is wild. Who does that? Like you, You're stopping kids from doing what they love doing. That's what generates the passion and the the, the allowing them to, to play it as much as they can, get as good as they can and learn and all that type of stuff. I think that's crazy. We've heard some crazy rules come along too where, where players are being managed, uh, even at super rugby level. They can't play them more than six games in a row. I mean, how, you know, before having a rest, it's in cricket, we've heard about bowlers' workloads and, and sports science coming in. To, to me, it's absolutely crazy, and I reckon you've nailed it, about doing what you love doing. And it, uh, you're only going to get better by keep doing it and, and keep playing and keep experiencing it. Mate, before I let you go, you've been very generous with your time. Um, Just word on the street over in Japan. I mean, we're, we're hearing different stories about Eddie Jones before the World Cup <laughs> interviewing for a job in Japan. I mean, what what's your intel? What's your local knowledge saying and telling us? Mate, that, that room has been around for a while, I think. I um I got back and heard about it and I spoke to some of the coaches here and they said that they'd heard, heard it as well prior to it being... Um, being made public knowledge. So, mate, I don't know. I don't know. Eddie seems to be the type of person that's very... He knows what he's doing. Uh, he's very calculated and premeditated. So, I don't know, mate. I, I couldn't tell you. I've, I've got a lot of respect for him as as a coach and as a person. You know, I, I knew him when I was a lot younger, but, um, oh, mate, I couldn't tell you what he's doing. Nah, that, that's fine. I thought that. just wanted to get some local knowledge and, and picking your brains to see what uh, see what they're saying in that part of the world. Mate, appreciate your time. Let, let's hope we can watch and watch with some pride uh, you know, this weekend. If 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 and when Australia get through, mate, we um, we can tell the passion and the hurt in your voice too. So thank you for uh, thank you for joining us again, mate, and all the best for uh, over the over the uh, over the Christmas uh, period and getting into uh, getting into uh, the Japanese system. Uh, Will Genia there, twenty past ten this Wednesday morning. Yeah, some texts coming through. To I'm going to get to them and address them after the break uh, as well. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. If you want to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation.